Hello and welcome back to the Voice of the Missionaries. In ancient times, Jesus Christ revealed his gospel through the mouth of prophets and apostles, those who led his church. Today in modern times, Jesus Christ follows that same pattern as he reveals his word to prophets and apostles that live on the earth today. This started in a modern time with Joseph Smith, who was the first prophet of this dispensation. Joseph Smith was followed by many other prophets who led and guided Jesus Christ's church under his direction. Today we explore some of these events that led to many of these other prophets and apostles coming to lead the church. And as we do this, we will explore the modern exodus, specifically of Brigham Young and the fledgling as it went into the untamed western wilderness of the Rocky Mountains. And then we will take us up to modern history, where we see that the church is still led today. As always, my co-host Elder Harrington should be getting on here in a minute. We are excited to do this episode today, though. It should be fun and hopefully insightful and spiritually inspiring as well for each of you. As we see these, these saints in the past, seeking to grow their faith despite hard struggles. Elder Harrington, thank you for coming on. Yeah, glad to be here. As I was kind of saying, we're going to talk about what happened after the death of the prophet Joseph Smith. And, you know, to start things off, as always, if you guys have questions or comments or you have any other things you'd like to share with us, leave those here on Facebook. Or if you're listening on another platform, you can message us on Facebook to learn more about Jesus Christ. Elder Harrington, we are going to talk about some wonderful things today. But first, is it okay if we start with a prayer? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Would you be willing to give that? Sure, I'd love to. Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for this day. We thank Thee for the beauty of this earth which Thou has given us and how it all testifies of Thee. We ask as we speak now that thy spirit will guide us, especially I and Elder Harrington, as we talk about events in the past and how they relate to us now. We ask as we speak and discuss that thy spirit will truly rest upon those that listen and watch, that they may know of the truth of our words and the truth of this, thy gospel. We pray for these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Awesome, yeah. So today you're talking about that history, right? And if you guys remember, as we've talked about in this segment so far, we've been talking about um, the establishment of the Church of Jesus Christ by the saints, how it came forth, the ways in which it was, in which that was done, and the things that happened in its history. We talked a lot about Joseph Smith and the things that he brought to to pass in the early beginnings of the church. We talked a lot about uh, the temple and the ways in which it blesses us. So today we'll be kind of tying that in with. Um, just a lot of what's going on with the church, you know, in this past and, and really why it relates to us um, here in the present. Because, uh, I mean, there is the age-old, prop, um, you know, adage or whatever it is that uh, as, you know, we can learn lessons from the past to be able to help us in the future. Um, and I think this is definitely applicable That's here true. because um, the teachings of the gospel is not something that only happens here in our times because God is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. The teachings that exist here today in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints 
uh, are applicable to us even now today. They are. And so as we talk about these events in the past, don't simply view them as that, as things that have happened and no longer apply to us. We're going to be talking about people who struggled with their faith. These people, uh, the, the title of our episode is A Modern Exodus, and that is because leading up to the death of Joseph Smith, the church and its members were highly persecuted. There were many people who <clears throat> sought not only, only to destroy their, their property, but also their lives. And so Joseph Smith, after his martyrdom, was, was gone, and the church needed a place to be where they could be without without persecutors and without uh, the, the chains held on them. And so they, they needed a free land protected by God for their purpose. And you know, before we get into that, let's talk about the death of Joseph Smith just a little bit. Hunter Harrington, can you kind of talk with us about what kind of happened to Joseph Smith and why it happened to him? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. You know, like Elder Roberts was talking about, you know, the church in its early time faced a lot of persecution. Uh, this kind of just reflects the ways in which um, the devil, you know, Satan seeks to, to try to tear down the church by, um, you know, just trying to work against it. He created hard times for a lot of people. Um, part of this, like we're mentioning here, is Joseph Smith's death. Uh, Joseph Smith and his death, uh, his martyrdom, was a, was a really big event in the in the history of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints because um, it marked the end of the first prophet. Uh, and while this was an incredibly sad instance where Joseph Smith was taken prisoner, uh, and then due to um, that that persecution that we're talking about, a mob uh, came and uh, ended the life of Joseph Smith and those that were with him at the time. And this incredibly sad instance, uh, as it did, set forth not only establish the truth, um, but is an incredibly uh, moving and spiritual thing, even though it is sad, because it does testify to us that God continues his plan um, despite the things that happen in the earth. Because right after the death of uh, Joseph Smith and those that are with him, the Church of Jesus Christ of Saints didn't just cease to exist without a leader. Because the leader was Jesus Christ himself, he called another prophet. And that leads us into that, that modern exodus, because uh, the church, Jesus Christ, is the true church here on the earth. It is a modern church. It is led by Jesus Christ himself. Is at the head of it. Um, that testifies to us. Joseph Smith and his death and, and subsequent events testify to us that, you know, he is leading that. He is guiding that. He has a plan uh, and that he prepares a way despite the things that happen here on the earth that can be sad or happy. That is so true. And to know that as we've talked in this series and even past series, we know that the most fundamental and basic truth of all eternity is that God loves his children. He will not leave us comfortless. He will come to us. And because of that, we know that this authority wasn't simply going to be left off the earth again. Instead, he left that authority with the other apostles. Joseph Smith, before his death, conferred or gave the priesthood authority to other men in the, the quorum of the Twelve Apostles, fashioned after Christ's New Testament church. And this quorum held the same power and authority that Joseph Smith did. So when Joseph died, it wasn't the end of the church, just like you said, Arrington. That authority continued. And there's one, there's one scripture that I'd like to read that really 
highlights how important the Joseph Smith was to the church at that time. This is recorded in the Doctrine and Covenants. Again, as we mentioned uh, an episode or two ago, this is kind of the, the modern rule book of how Heavenly Father wanted his church run. And in this, this verse or two, he describes there is a, a leader of the church named Elder John Taylor. And he wrote this kind of describing Joseph Smith. He said, when Joseph went to Carthage, the, the jail where he's imprisoned, to deliver himself up to the pretended requirements of law two or three days previous to his assassination, he said, I am going like a lamb to the slaughter, but I am calm as a summer's morning. I have a conscience void of offense toward God and toward all men. I shall die innocent, and it shall yet be said of me, he was murdered in cold blood. The same morning after Hiram, his brother, made ready to go, yes, it was, he read the following paragraph, near, to, near the close of the 12th chapter of Ether in the Book of Mormon. So this is in a, a, a wonderful document that if Joseph Smith made up, he should not find any comfort in. And yet they found comfort in this. This scripture in the Book of Mormon says, And it came to pass that I prayed unto the Lord that he will give unto the Gentiles grace, that they might have charity. And it came to pass that the Lord said unto me, If they have not charity, it mattereth not unto thee. Thou hast been faithful, wherefore thy garments shall be made clean. And because thou hast seen thy weakness, thou shalt be made strong, even to the sitting down in the place which I prepared in the mansions of my father. Now this scripture, what it testifies to me is that Joseph Smith had confidence in his God, his Jesus. He wasn't simply some mad fool or some genius who sought to lead people away from God. This book, the Book of Mormon, is true. And he knew it because he found comfort in it in his final hours. He could not have found comfort in a book he simply made up to deceive people. And yet he did. And so many others have found comfort in this book as well. And the reason this book exists and the reason we have it here today is because of that authority of God. It continues on now on earth. And that leads us into the main portion of our episode today, a modern exodus, where we talk about what happens after the death of Joseph Smith. So, Dr. Harrington, can you kind of lead us through some of the basic events that happened? Yeah, absolutely, for sure. So we know there was the death of Joseph Smith, right? There was this tragic event that happened that, that paved the way for uh, an incredible change to happen, um, but also there was a time of sadness, right? Like I talked about earlier, there's persecution, like Elder Roberts yes, mentioned. You know, there's this time, there, during the early beginning of the church, many people were persecuted. Uh, and so after the death of Joseph Smith, um, there became the destruction of where the, the members of the Church of Jesus Christ were currently at, which was in Nauvoo. They were in Nauvoo, Illinois, and they were sheltered in, and staying there, um, gathering together, as we've talked about before, that gathering together in one, uh, where Jesus Christ gathers together the people that are faithful. Uh, and at this time, uh, they are striving to, to, to build, a, build up the church and be able to, have the, be able to come closer to God. Um, and so after the death of Jesus Christ, um, this place where they are living was, they are again persecuted. Uh, and so uh, they leave this place in Illinois. It was Nauvoo, Illinois. They leave this place. Um, they are guided by God through the, from the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. 
uh, and other, and the new prophet and apostle, uh, the new prophets here in Revelator, which is Brigham Young, to leave, to go and get out of that place, to go and become free. Like our Roberts mentioned in the beginning of the episode, we're talking about that exodus, right? What is that exodus? This is that time where these um, early saints were um, seeking for a place where they could escape this persecution, where they could worship freely and be able to um, to befall God and not have to worry about the, this incredible hard, these incredibly hard times that are being pushed upon them. And so they left this place. They left um, and they head west. Uh, where they knew where they were going exactly, they didn't know. There was not an answer given to them where they were going. They were just knew that they were going west. They were following these trails and they were just going to walk. And Elder Roberts, I can't remember the exact number, but what was the, how long was the travel that they ended up taking or that they were told? Uh, I know it was over a thousand miles. And I, so I and Elder Harrington, we're, we're both from Indiana, which I believe is closer to 2,000 miles from Utah. And so it was anywhere between one and 2,000 miles. But you got to remember, that's not by plane, that's not by car, that's by walking and wagon if you're lucky. These saints, they were forced to leave in the middle of winter. They didn't have the luxury of preparing for months and months. They had to leave or they were going to be killed. And so this exodus was similar to the Israelites in the Old Testament with Moses. They hadn't been preparing to leave. You know, They thought they were going to stay there. And yet when it came time, they had to take everything they had and go, just go, follow the command of the Lord. And similar to the Israelites, they didn't know where they were going, but they trusted in the Lord with all their heart. And as Proverbs says, they lean not into their own understanding. They believe God would lead them to Zion, to the place where they could gather. And Nicole just said that it was 1,240 miles in a straight line. So I'm sure it was a little bit longer as they traveled and this, it shows me the great faith of these saints, really, to know I, I would struggle a lot to even have a desire to travel that far. Even with the blessing and knowledge that it would be a land that God had prepared, that's a long journey to make through the cold of winter with little food, little clothing, and only the hope that if I press forward, I will see the salvation of God. So, Elder Harrington, what would it have been like for you to be one of these saints crossing uh, a wilderness, really, to a place that you've never been, to a place that, as far as you know, is hostile both in the the native people there as well as the environment. I honestly couldn't even speak to, to what that would really be like, honestly. I mean, that is an, that is an act of incredible faith. I, I really like how you put that there, that that is faith, right? To take this word from what they you know they they believe in and what Christ has taught them they believe in the Book of Mormon and they're willing to act on that they're willing to take their faith and to turn it into action and so doing so they are told by the prophet let's go we are going to leave we're going to go and we are going to set up a place where we can build a worship where we can be safe where we can be guided and comforted and be able to continuously build out the kingdom of God and be able to gather in Zion but it's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard. And so along this journey, right, this is the journey across in, in winter, like Elder Robert said, in winter from <laughs> Illinois 
to where they eventually settled in Utah in, in Salt Lake and, and surrounding areas. That is an incredible journey, right? That is, that is incredible different terrains. That is such an, a perilous journey and it proved to be so. You know, during this time, while these saints are traveling, there is sickness, there is fatigue, there's hunger, there's so many different forms of, of suffering going on at the time, and many people suffer and die. And there are many saints at this time who, acting on faith, end up giving their lives for this cause of seeking to um, travel to, to this new Zion, this, this new Jerusalem, where they would be able to, um, where they'd be able to, quote unquote, set up shop. Right, they'd be able to go and sure. and put a base down where they can build up the church away from persecution and from people who would seek to do them harm. But it wasn't easy, and many people suffered. But oh, actually, I like exactly what the uh, culture said. They didn't have roads like we have. Much of it was through prairie grass, taller than a man standing, and that kind of just paints you a little visual wow. visual image, right? This is walking and wagons maybe a couple of horses and hauling everything they owned on their backs leaving a lot of it behind with little to no preparation walking and you know journeys that would take even fully prepared individuals and families and groups um a long time months um to do so and and a considerable amount of preparation and money but this is just faith this is pure faith acting on to just go and walk um, like Sarah says, how much faith it would have would it have taken as a mother to pack up my little children with little to no supplies and walk to Zion? Paint that image a little bit more. Isn't that an incredible yes. thing to think about? <laughs> and that's the thing is many of these people, it's it wasn't just the perfectly healthy or the perfectly able that were going. It was from the oldest to the youngest. And you know, I love that you touched on faith at our parenting because. Obviously, the Spirit's communicating the same thing to both of us, because I was thinking about faith there. There's a, there's a verse in the Book of Mormon that says, And now, as I said, concerning faith, faith is not to have a perfect knowledge of things. Therefore, if you have faith, you hope for things which are not seen, which are true. These pioneer saints, they did not see the promised land yet. They physically or yet see what it could become. And yet they had faith that it was something they couldn't see but was true, that God truly was leading them. And they had that faith. And as we kind of learned in the succeeding years, the church still went through many trials, but the western area, what would eventually become the state of Utah, is the perfect place that God could have established his people. Was it physically perfect? No. It's, it's a desert. I'm in Utah at the moment, and the only way that people's lawns stay green is by watering them every single day. And it's, it's honestly entertaining to see people pulling life out of the desert. And yet, these saints, despite a, a physically imperfect place, they knew it was a place which God for them had prepared. And that was so true because it gave the church enough time to establish itself, become friendly, with the government that had driven it out of its borders and protect itself enough so that missionary efforts could keep them going forward. We learn in the saints books, the new history that the church has been publishing that relates personal stories of people that while the church was settling in Utah, it wasn't all collecting right there. There were many saints going to the Hawaiian and other islands 
to England, to other places around the world to continue spreading the gospel, to spread the hope and the love that comes through reading the Book of Mormon and the testimony it contains of Jesus Christ. And it, it's wonderful to see those saints have, pushing their faith forward and continuing to grow the church despite much opposition. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's actually a couple of verses in, in Dr. Carlinus that record of the early church and, and the revelation given um, that was given to um, the prophet Brigham Young at the time. This is the prophet that guided the saints uh, westward uh, into Utah. And he says, uh, from from inspiration, uh, according to the will and Lord, of, uh, the word and will of the Lord, he says, let every man use all his influence and property to remove this people to the place where the Lord shall locate a stake of Zion. And if you do this, with a pure heart and all faithfulness, you shall be blessed. You shall be blessed in your flocks and in your herds, and your flock in your in your ooh, my bad, sorry, in your in your herds and in your fields and in your houses and in your families. And that really shows the power of the Lord that by acting on faith, these saints were able to be blessed. And that not only were they able to be blessed under themselves, but they were able to um, prepare themselves in this place, this new place that they had uh, away from persecution and strife to also help those around them. Like Elder Roberts mentioned, that missionary effort was able to continue to go forth. And the result of that is evident here today because me and Elder Roberts here ourselves are, are present here that we can be able to have this podcast, right, to be able to be missionaries and be members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is evidence of that faith that these saint early saints had. Well, I have no clue what would have happened if maybe one family or two families had decided to go. It is powerful to me that each and every one of them did. And that as they did so, they prepared this place that God had asked them to. And then they went out and taught. And they sent missionaries all over the world to teach and guide people to come to the truth. Because this, isn't, this wasn't a church prepared just for these people who lived in America. This was a church that was established to be able to be for the whole world. Now here on the earth today... There are hundreds and hundreds of, I think there's, I can't remember this, I think there's a couple thousand uh, stakes and boards present uh, all over the world where the truth of correct. Christ's gospel is being taught. Along with that, there's something else super special. I think, Elder Roberts, you have the better number. I can't remember what it is. How many temples of the Lord are there currently here on the earth? Uh, temples are that house of the Lord, just like you said. And I don't have an exact number, but I know there are upwards of 200, closer to 300 that have been built, announced, or are currently being worked on. And that is amazing. We, if we look through a, a timeline of history, we would see uh, a few temples in the United States up until about the 1900s, and then a few would appear outside of the United States. But it hasn't been until the past 50 years or so that temples have broken that 100 or even that 75 mark. In the past 50 years, the work of the Lord has gone forth. And hundreds of temples have been built because millions are embracing this truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They feel the power, they feel the spirit, and they know it's true. And that is why that is so significant. It's not just the fact that they're beautiful buildings. That's that's a nice aspect. But the purpose of the temple is to help people learn about their true identity, their divine nature as a son or daughter of God, and then to act 
with that, with extra power from that knowledge. They go out, many of them as missionaries, many of them as citizens of the world. And they, they preach, they teach, they seek to help others come close to their Savior. And that's why it's so significant to me and to others that there are that many temples. It's not simply that it's a sign of the church growing, though it is. It's a sign of people coming close to their Savior. And Elder Harrington, what, what does it mean to you that there are so many temples being built? I think that just testifies to me also just like of the number of saints that there are here on the earth. You know, we've, we've mentioned this word a couple of times, the gathering in the Zion, the gathering of Israel. And this is really, uh, this is something that's talked about in the Book of Mormon and the Bible. And it's really that gathering in of the truth. It is the teaching of the truth and of, of the truth of Jesus Christ going out to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people that everyone can have the opportunity to learn that truth. That's why the Book of Mormon has been translated into so many different languages so that we, everybody can be able to see it. That's why there are churches present on every continent of the world in most countries of the world. And there are churches, there's church buildings, there are temples built that allow the saints of Jesus Christ, the saints and members of the Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, to be able to feel that truth, where we are able to, we're able to receive that revelation, that inspiration. We're able to, in our in our in our own areas, be able to push forward the work of the Lord and continuously help each and every person around us come closer to the truth. Like you mentioned several times in this segment, like the title of the segment is, and like me and Elder Roberts live by each and every day as missionaries, and as we strive to become better, a marvelous work is coming forth among the children of men. And I think that is an amazing thing, right? I mean, think about that. That is, is. That is Jesus Christ himself guiding, teaching, and instructing everybody Everyone, not just not just some people, everyone who will open their ears to receive the truth, to truly follow the inspiration. Now I'm gonna read another verse here that the prophets gave long ago, that by the power of the Holy Ghost we can know the truth of all things. That as we receive these things into our hearts, we can be we are exhorted to come to God, the Eternal Father, asking in the name of Christ if these things are not true. And if we ask with a sincere heart, with real intent, having faith in Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ himself will manifest the truth of it unto you by the power of the Holy Ghost. That is the message of the Church of Jesus Christ. So I always say that the church is back. It's here. The <laughs> Christ is, he's coming. He is on his way. And this church is here to prepare everyone who will hear, everyone who will soften their heart be able to receive that message. And as you do so, yes, the most powerful blessings in the entire world are at the tip of your fingers. They're open to everyone who has the faith to listen. And they are. And actually, so this is a, a scripture I read just yesterday uh, as I was reading through the Book of Mormon. And I, I love it because it, it touches just on what you mentioned, Dr. Harrington. It says... And this can be applied to our day. And it came to pass that the work of the Lord did prosper unto the baptizing and uniting to the church of God many souls, yea, even tens of thousands. Thus we see that the Lord is merciful unto all who will, in the sincerity of their hearts, call upon his holy name. 
Thus we say that the gate of heaven is open unto all, even to those who will believe on the name of Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God. This gospel is a hopeful gospel. It's a gospel that isn't going to be applied to a select few. Everyone will have this chance to accept it. And that is a beautiful promise to me. I have many family members who, either in this life, have decided that they would, did not want to participate in the church. And I have many family members who have passed on who did not join the church. And to know that they, too, have that chance to come close to their Savior, that they are not cast off forever, that they have that chance to come close to their Savior is wonderful. And this modern exodus is what started that whole thing. This exodus to the west, and then, of course, the United States expanded over that territory to the California coast. And then the, the work rolled on. We've already talked about temples and churches and many other congregations of saints appearing on every continent, nearly every nation. And that is so emblematic of the, the phrase that Joseph Smith used. He said, the standard of truth hasn't erected. No one, how at hand, can stop the work from progressing. The truth will go on boldly, nobly, and independent until it has swept every nation, sounded in every year, until the work of the Lord is done. And that is what is happening right now. We are part of that as missionaries. We are part of the greatest work in the world. And all of this started because a few thousand people decided to follow the will of the Lord and take their journey into the wilderness. We too can follow a similar spiritual path as we go into the wilderness of the unknown. Perhaps you that are listening, you don't know your Savior. You may not even currently believe he exists. Or if you do, you love him sincerely. Wherever you may be in your progress towards him, there's always a little bit closer you can get. You can travel into the wilderness of the unknown, following and trusting that God will deliver you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I guess, you know, just kind of wrapping up, I'll add my testimony to what that of Elder Roberts just said, that Jesus Christ is there and he is speaking out. He's shouting with all of his might to, for everyone to come closer, for everyone to listen to what he has to say. That what he has to say, that is the message of the gospel. That is the message of the Church of Jesus Christ, Saturday Saints. As the message that we strive to share here on this podcast and as missionaries that allows everyone, everyone, to be able to come closer to Jesus Christ. And that includes people here on the earth and any nation, kindred, tongue, people anywhere. And those who have already passed on before us, like Elder Roberts mentioned, his ancestors that had come before him, that truth goes forth boldly, nobly, and independent to everyone who will give an ear to listen. And it touches the lives of each and every one of them. It truly, the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints truly is a lighthouse upon the hill. And it shines its light for everyone to see. Guided by Jesus Christ, we can all be able to come closer to him. And we are all able to be able to receive that happiness in our lives. That message of the, the message of the restoration of his church is something that can bring peace and happiness in a time and a place in the world and places wherever we may be where there is confusion, anger, and strife. That message of the restoration, the Church of Jesus Christ itself, is a testimony that God 
is the same God yesterday, today, and forever, and that his son, Jesus Christ, is here guiding and teaching each and every one of us who will open our ears to listen. That's so true. And Elder Harrington, I know uh, we didn't exactly plan this last part, but I felt inspired to share the lyrics of a hymn that relates to this topic today. This hymn was written as a particular saint traveled to the unknown West. And it, it talks of the joy and the fears that many of these saints have. And I, I want to read just a portion of that to leave you guys off with. It says, come, come ye saints, no toil nor labor fear, but with joy lend your way. Though hard to you this journey may appear, grace shall be as your day. Tis better far for us to strive, our useless cares from us to drive. Do this, enjoy your hearts will swell. All is well, all is well. That is the promise we have for you. You may wend your way towards the Savior, and through toil and trouble, you may be able to cry, all is well, all is well. The Lord God reigns, and we know this to be true. And we promise you all of these things as the authoritative servants of Jesus Christ. And we can promise you in his name that you can come closer to him through this gospel. We leave that with you in his name. Now we have to end our episode now, but of course, if you have any more comments or questions you'd like to add, you can add them on a recorded version of this video, or you can message us on Facebook. Under Harrington, do you mind closing us off with a prayer? I would love to. Dear kind and gracious Heavenly Father, thank you so very much that we are blessed to be able to come together as thy children here on the earth from different places all over the world to be able to feel thy spirit and thy love. Father, we thank thee for thy son, Jesus Christ, for the sacrifice that he gave, that we can be able to live again with thee, with our families forever. Father, we are so grateful for this gospel that we have that allows us to be able to come close to thee and thy son, Jesus Christ, allows us to be strengthened and uplifted, be able to share that message of hope and comfort with those that are around us. Father, we ask thy blessing here today, all over the world, for everyone listening and for those who are not, that we all may have thy spirit to be with us, that everyone here on this earth today might have thy Holy Ghost, Touch their hearts, soften them, and help them turn their ears towards you and thy son, Jesus Christ. Father, we love thee so very much. Let me say these things in thy son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Otter Harrington. And as you said, you know, the gospel, the restoration of the gospel stands as that lighthouse on the shore where it beams through darkness. And all we have to do is aim toward it into our Savior, Jesus Christ. We will be continuing this series with a bit of a different format. Rather than historical things, in the next few episodes, we will cover some of the documents that have come out of the restoration of the gospel. And then we will move into modern history, where we see the teachings of modern prophets guiding us in our day today. Absolutely. Like always, guys, so happy to have you on. My name is Lutter Harrington. 
And I'm Elder Roberts. We're missionaries for Jesus Christ. And we'll see you guys next week at the same time uh, here live on Facebook, uh, 12 p.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Mountain, and 3 p.m. Eastern. We cannot wait to see you guys there. And have a good one. We'll see you guys.